Hi Jay, how are you? Hey Manish, how's it going? Good, good, good. Couldn't be better. Looking forward to go to India. I'm flying out in a few days, so pretty excited about it. Nice, nice. Uh, congratulations on uh, your new or uh, new side venture. Uh, but along with your wife, congratulations to her too. Yeah, that's that's my sister and my wife's venture. So yeah, wishing them all the best. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Looks pretty good by the by the looks of it, guys. We are talking about a new salon and a and a dance studio, yoga studio that we started in Bombay. So looking forward to that taking off. But Jay, episode number thirteen. What are we talking about? We are gonna talk about a particular topic which I think is very underappreciated because because every time uh, we see people discounting the efforts that the government plays in 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 supporting the economy and no matter what the government does you know it's just that half of the people will be not satisfied with it so i we just thought we'll talk about talk about the 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 support that the government provides in the various cycles that economy goes through what's it absolutely um let's do it super so you know jay i really think everyone who's listening all of you have a uh, uh, let's say you you've been brought up in a family and you do understand the bread earner in the family uh, has to manage a lot of variables in the house to make sure that the house functions well everything is provided well the the relationships are taken care of well the, the utilities are paid on time so many things in spite of that you know in an upbringing things still go wrong like like in my upbringing there were a lot of issues that went wrong just the way you know taking care of a house is a lot of effort just same way taking care of the country is a lot of effort absolutely and and you know in in a country you have three basic sets of people which is the, which is the government which is the corporates and which is the people in it and and people are the consumers corporates are the providers of the products and services and the government are the are the supervisor or, or the person monitoring in charge and and this whole consumption and production of products and services has its own cycle of boom and bust and you know uh, there's a whole life cycle uh, around it but but every time there's a boom there's a bust every time there are ups and downs there is a certain effect an economy goes through which is what is happening right now and that is why we thought we'll we'll cover certain tools that the government has in its arsenal which it uses to to make sure that when it's booming it doesn't get overheated uh, or or like like jay you remember where how dubai got overheated in 2008 correct right i don't think the government did anything to stop it and because the government didn't do anything to stop it many of us lost money i i lost money in real estate i'm sure jay has his own experiences so that is why a government playing a role when it's booming is also important and what happened in covid when the economy tanked the government had to again play a role Mm-hmm. so that it doesn't affect the masses so someone has to play a role and the government is is the one that is left with it's the like a mediator, responsibility yeah yeah and absolutely and we'll we'll get into kind of like the levers um that the government has or the tools that the government has that can help them create an equilibrium to the best of their abilities now that equilibrium you know there's there's a picture in my head always uh which i've seen in multiple economics textbooks growing up uh, and then obviously re um emphasized in uh the cfa curriculum 
But it's, if you think of that equilibrium, you're kind of looking at a slightly upward sloping line. And that, if you think about it, is the, in, in simple words, is the long-term growth of the world, if you, if you put it, right? And right. A, along that line, you kind of have a wave. So you have a wave going up and then coming back down to the line and then going below the line and coming back up to the line and then going above and below and above and below. And that wave keeps going up and down, up and down along that equilibrium in the center. And that going up and going down is, you can call multiple, you can either define it by four different cycles or to put it more simply, you can either call it a boom or a bust. The boom is kind of where the country or the the economy is growing faster than its long-term trend. And the bust is where it's growing, where there's a contraction. So it's, the economy is shrinking and, and not maintaining its its uh, long-term growth trend. That's in a very, very simple summary. Yeah. And, and you know, many times, because in the long term, the trend is upward sloping, like, like economies worldwide have grown, if you were to look at a century. But... When when you land up leaving the economy on its own, where you're going through a bust or a contraction in an economy and you don't land up playing the role of, of supporting the economy, then that contraction could really land up uh, existing for a very long time. Like in, I was just reading something, Jay, in the morning that in 1929, when the Great Depression happened in US, the American government never used any tool, any fiscal tool at their disposal to, to ensure that the economy bounces back fast. And that is why, if I rightly remember, it was more than two to three decades yeah. of, of, of a contractionary force uh, on American economy. Whereas if you look at this time during COVID, it took one month Absolutely. for the American government to announce the tools that they're going to be using. And that is why the economy bounced back so fast. And you so have... In the long, Sorry, go on, Manish. No, I'm saying in the long... So in the long term economies can have their own system by which the economy bounces back and gets back on track but it could lead a lot of uh, pain which mm-hmm. governments today proactively want to avoid and that is why we're talking about the tool that the government is using more actively than what anyone has ever seen before in any country yeah i mean we've we, we've come a long way right if you think about it Manish. Yeah. you think of yeah. the great depression and that lasted three decades but you think of kind of the 09 crisis or even if let's take one step further you think of the dot-com bust where that lasted maybe i think three to four years then you come to 08 or 09 which was one year and then you think of like covid which was just about two months and months and if you think about it uh maybe three months but if you think about it that that shortening of a contractionary cycle and and the ability of the government to regulate more quickly has increased and and that is because these tools think about the tools that the government has as defense mechanisms right and those defense mechanisms have just improved you know as more minds learn from more mistakes logically they will only become better and and that's what's happening, right? So you, 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 you will, we'll talk about this in more detail. Yeah. But if you think about, you know, monetary policy, at no point, if you talk to an economist 10 years ago, they would tell you interest rates at 0% is, 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 is a no, is, it will never happen. Interest rates negative is just unheard of 
scenario and today that's become like a normal so yeah realizing a new normal and and finding new ways of creating new defense mechanisms just kind of improves the government's ability to to regulate or mediate absolutely inside uh, of of the tools that we are referring to it becomes very important for you to understand what are the tools that we are referring to so in a very basic economic language okay there are fiscal tools and monetary tools and and fiscal tools have got to do with the government either playing with the taxation increasing or decreasing or basically playing with the spending increasing or decreasing when they use taxation and spending government spending okay this is what is called fiscal fiscal tools that they use if they are using it to boost the economy is fiscal stimulus uh, if 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 they are using these tools to contract the you know then it's then it's called contractionary in in a contra- contractionary policy but using the fiscal tools whereas if the government was increasing interest rates it's monetary tools which is tightening or reducing interest rates which is which is easing so so instead of just talking about the tools i suggest let's let's yeah look at covid okay yeah. you know because the market tanked and the unemployment hit the highest ever and, and the shutdowns resulted into business almost coming to a standstill the government decided to send out stimulus checks to everyone mm-hmm. that's like a that's like a spending the government is doing they didn't spend yeah. on infrastructure or building ports and dam but they just sent out checks directly in your bank account yeah So that's that's a fiscal you measure. Know, that's a and and it was very effective. Yeah. And guys, uh, keep in mind for anybody new to this, right? Uh the world of economics in my opinion is very underrated. If you understand how a country's economic cycle or economic tools work, it, you will understand every problem that the country goes through. You take Venezuela for as an example. and that is economic policy gone wrong you take lebanon as an example economic policy gone wrong you take pakistan after towards musharraf's end economic policy gone wrong and that leads to other problems right because economic policy going wrong means people become poorer means people are more unhappy leads to war leads to famines leads to no and also economic policy going wrong jay could result into you letting go of your natural resources for life like china yeah. has taken advantage of economic policies going wrong and now owns so many resources around the world like pakistan has a gwadar port jay it is beautiful like that whole whole place they've developed is beautiful but i'll tell you what nobody can enter there without without permission like like it's not accessible to anybody including pakistanis without permission Yeah. from the chinese authorities that control it now only because economic policies went wrong in the country yeah and and just to that point right keep in mind guys fiscal policy and monetary policy are it's imperative that they act independently so they cannot be controlled by the same mind the moment they get controlled by the same mind things go poorly now let me give you two let me give you two examples of that right you take turkey as an example when recently when the when erdogan on two occasions erdogan is the prime minister of turkey when erdogan or president i'm not sure but mm. when erdogan 
um, fired cent- the central bank. Central bank ministers, by the way, guys, are the ones responsible for monetary policy. So the monetary policy is controlled by the central bank. The fiscal policy is controlled by the government. When Erdogan fired the central bank ministers, the Turkish lira as a currency devalued significantly. Why is that? That is because external viewers, people lost faith in the Turkish currency. Because the moment people see that it's controlled by the same mind, because they cannot have the same goal. Because, guys, if you think about it as a cycle, right? And, and I think this will, this will summarize everything in, in, a, in a very simplistic nutshell. If you think about it as a cycle, fiscal policy stems from the government spending money either spending money or receiving money in the form of tax or government spending. They can either cut taxes or increase taxes. They can either increase spending or reduce spending. Where do they get this money from? Have they, if for them to increase spending, they need to get the money from somewhere. They get that money from, they can print more money. Printing money is not the government's call. Printing money is the central bank's call. The moment printing money becomes the government's call, things go loose. Because if printing money becomes a government's call, you have Germany going through hyperinflation. You have Venezuela going through hyperinflation. You have Turkey, where people have lost faith in the in the Turkish lira. That is what happens because technically, guys, the government can just keep increase spend, increasing spending and fund it by just printing more money. But printing more money has its consequences. Because if everybody becomes richer by that amount, then Theoretically, you're not actually becoming richer. Becoming wealthier, economic well-being is a function of becoming... It's an illusion, exactly. Economic well-being is is not a function of having more money, but it's a function of having more money relative to other people. So if if you're not more well-off or or your well-being is not improved, then net-net, both your fiscal and your monetary policies have been a failure. If any of you have lost, you know, in the technicalities of what we are saying, but you, you, you can definitely get sense of one thing that it is a tricky affair for the government because if their policy goes wrong, it is going to impact the economy for a very, very long time. Like the German hyperinflation or the Venezuelan crisis has impacted the economy massively and who pays the price ultimately is the citizen so it's so many times when you will look at the central government and judge that they're doing right or wrong it's very easy to have a judgment on that but if you could appreciate that they are walking a very thin line like like during covid they said why did the government okay pass print money and and spend trillions of dollars on 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 the u.s uh, citizens getting a check in their account well, I'll tell you what, if that didn't happen, I don't think anyone in the world, any country in the world would have recovered because American consumerism leads growth for many company, many countries around the world. Like if, if any of you look at your countries, you all export mainly to US, China exports mainly to US. If that consumption stops, it affects everybody. Very Fortunately, well, yeah. we are back. We are back because of those stimulus checks. Uh, else, else it would have been a bloodbath in a way in the last one year which wasn't because of that fiscal fiscal measure taken yeah and the u.s is more than anything seen as kind of the 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 leader right uh you could argue in many ways what they're doing is 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 fair is not fair but all in all the, the global economy looks to 
US as a starting point. Uh, if US has given checks, then that is, you know, even in UAE, for instance, banks got relief. So in, in the UAE, for instance, banks were allowed to uh, not collect payments from small business owners for at least six months. And then I think that was increased to a year. So essentially, the central bank and the government does a lot to kind of support the economy through various mechanisms. Right, right. But that initial step, okay, look, we have to support the economy. It's now or never. Started with the US um, and then created kind of a chain reaction globally. You had the Reserve Bank of uh, Scotland, Reserve Bank of England, all of them doing similar actions. And But at the same time, Jay, at the same time, the countries who could pay money, like London also, I heard, you know, people were getting money paid out in their accounts. That was great. But there were many countries like India, where we come from, you know, it, it doesn't have massive amounts of money. They're not fiscally strong to pay out money to everyone in their bank accounts, but they'll landed up giving massive incentives. Yep. You know, there were there were production-led incentives, export-led incentives, there were taxations deferred or loans were deferred. So a lot of indirect measures were taken by the government, which also is in a way fiscal in nature, which which reduced the pain on, on people and in fact encouraged a, a, a decent amount of investment in the economy, which helped the economy to bounce back. Though there was no additional money given by the government, like in US or Europe, but there was a confidence created, which resulted into capex, which resulted into more jobs, which resulted into growth, which is why you're seeing India hit all times higher now. Exactly. But Jay, you know, the fiscal policy being the, the spending bit, all right, uh, or, or reducing reducing the spending. So any case that comes to your mind, all right, where the government decided to reduce its spending because the economy was heating up? Well, so you kind of had threats. So you had Biden very recently threaten to increase taxes for the... I mean, like talk, talking about increasing taxes. Yeah. Talking about increasing taxes. And, and by the way, that tax was for a bracket of income above $400,000. But... Just that talk, uh, you know, created a created some kind of a little chaos. Right. But I find that governments are kind of using different tools to, yeah. to make sure that sentiment does not get affected. Now, ways they're doing that is if you take Saudi as an example, um, what Saudi is doing is very wise, very smart in, in, in my mind. They're pushing that burden onto the private sector. So essentially schools will be privatized, hospitals are getting privatized. And by doing that, the pressure on the government's budget reduces because the government now does not have to make sure that everybody in the country is educated at their cost. And, and that kind of is, is, is a way where the government does not directly say, listen, we're cutting, even though Saudi has, you know, cut subsidies to farmers, they've cut subsidies to multiple uh, players, but cutting subsidies is done to corporates mostly. For the people, it's very difficult to hurt sentiment like that. So they find alternative right. mechanisms to make sure that sentiment is not being affected. And, and 
That's a very good question, Manish, because it's very difficult for me to... It's very difficult. Yeah. So that is why, Jay, I asked you because, because it's important, I guess, for the audience to also understand. Sometimes the government doesn't only use this tool of reducing spending because they have to uh, keep spending uh, or increase taxation. It's, it's, a very, it's a very tricky affair because increased taxation will result into a huge chaos as is happening in US right now. Uh, so the governments are very hesitant to use it because it will, it will deflate the confidence. That is where the governments use monetary tools, which mm-hmm. is much easier, mm-hmm. which is where instead of spending or playing with taxation, they land up increasing or decreasing the interest rate. So when, when the economy was booming, all right, when, let's say when US economy was booming, there was a lot of pressure on the government to increase the interest rates in 1999 because the economy was going out of hand, even in 2007 when the economy was going out of hand. But they did not. They kept the interest rates low. It resulted into a boom, overheating of the economy and eventually the great financial crisis that all of us went through. Exactly. So, but but if an increase in interest rate happens, which happened, Jay, if you remember in 2018, all right, there was an increase in interest rates that happened. 2017, 2018, where increase in interest rates happened and because of which the markets corrected but that was a way for for the economy to really cool off instead of just going on a non-stop bull run Mm -hmm. so that again comes back to monetary policy where increasing interest rates is the u.s did it and and announced and that that interest rates will be high but that was a tough decision right because yeah keep in mind guys the governments make these decisions based on feedback so economic feedback they they look at employment rates they look at inflation they look at payrolls there's there's like 15 to 20 indicators that the that the government uses and often these indicators give them very mixed signals so for them to come out and say listen we're going to increase interest rates by 0.25% twice over the next 2 years is is a statement saying that listen our economy doesn't need interest rate support anymore we're better now interest rates don't need to be this low but that's a bold statement and then you know, along with the bold statement the government also has to take care of how the market is going to react because exactly. once you announce that the tapering is going to begin the market is going to react like it's not going to stop at one interest rate they are going to go four or five different yep. hikes and once that kind of fear sets in then the whole confidence that they've tried to try to create in the last one year could melt down the the value of all the assets affecting the affecting the entire set of savers okay which is basically all the citizens yeah. across countries who have saved and that is why it's a tricky affair to say that we are increasing interest rate but jay i just had the fed fund rate in front of me from 2017 yeah. to 2019 they landed up increasing interest rates seven times from 0.5% it went all the way to 2.5% mm-hmm. So that is monetary tightening, which happened. And that's why if you were to look at the stock market in 2018, it tanked. Yeah. And and the major reason that was there, because the government was playing its role of increasing the interest rates instead of keeping the keeping the interest rates at zero and, and, and resulting in and into just, a overheated economy. Yeah. Guys, it's very important to distinguish the government from the central bank. That's the it's it, that's a key differentiator because Alongside, uh, you know, during that during that period, eighteen and nineteen, you had Obama, but Obama was part of the government, but a 
the key person that was driving interest rate changes was Janet Yellen. Janet Yellen, at least in my opinion, and now today is Jerome Powell. Is it Jerome Powell? I think it's it, they, it's changed, but no, it's still Jerome Powell. I'm not sure. Still, still Jerome Powell. It's still yeah. Jerome Powell. Yeah. So Jerome Powell today has, in my opinion, as much power as maybe not as much, but a lot of power that Biden has. I mean, poor English, but you know what I mean. Um, and it's important to make that difference because. During that period, 17 to 19, when they increased interest rates, that's aggressive. To increase from 0.5% to 2.5% in two years or three years is aggressive. But the key that, that the market looks for is transparency. So having kind of a predictable interest rate flow and not just it being immediate is the key. So having that transparency saying, look, over the next three years, our goal is to reach 2%, then the market has enough time to, to settle in and, and, and see how the interest rates will affect companies and see how the interest rates will affect the economy as a whole. Because another thing, guys, keep in mind is it's very easy to say, okay, so what if the stock market tanks? What's the big deal? Let's just increase interest rates if overall the economy is going to become better. And I, and I hear a lot of people think this way. Um, a lot of people think if we increase interest rates, stock market, okay, fine, one year or six months, it, 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 it turns sour, but net-net, the government's revenues will become better, economy well-being will become better, and all of that. But actually, guys, if you think about it, that's not true because a lot of U.S. pensions and U.S. pension wealth are being, is, is locked up in the stock market. So the stock market, and more of it has come in purely because of the interest rates going to zero percent. So exactly. more and more money has come into equities. In fact, in the last two three years, exactly. And so the stock market turning sour means that people's retirement savings, people's pensions, have reduced in value. Even even between seventeen and nineteen, because interest rates are going up, bond values were going down, and with bond values going down, US pensions, people's pensions have essentially lost a significant portion of value. And so the government has a lot of, you know, managing a house to a, a massive yeah, it's, scale. It's, it's tricky. And that is why democracy helps. Because if, if you if you look at the look at the whole founding, you know, thesis behind democratic cultures is that uh, even if the policy is sound, you still have a devil's advocate there. And that is why you have a contentious fight between the clash of ideas and eventually the idea, you know, the, the idea that gains a majority wins. During COVID, the majority were, were in tune with the idea of printing trillions of dollars to support the economy. Today, when they are thinking of printing more trillions of dollars, the, the, the democracy in America or the, or the two parties in America are not coming to a, to a conclusion about it. And that's why it's been delayed till December. But over here, if you look at the structure of monetary and fiscal tools that the government has, and on top of it, if you look at how democracy plays a role, it is a brilliant uh, structure where a lot of variables are loosely hanging together and the best of ideas have to fight eventually to, to make sure that the economy has a conducive environment inside of which it, it grows or bounces back fast and grows. Exactly. So, so monetary tools being interest rates going up 
which has happened just three years back, monetary tools being interest rates going down, which went to 0% immediately after COVID. And uh, and there are some countries there in emerging markets right now, which have started increasing their interest rates because they are very confident about the fact that they have started bouncing back. Yeah. They don't need to overheat the economy. Exactly. And also keep in mind, guys, that interest rates is, a, is another lever for money coming into the country also. Because interest rates going up means that the opportunity cost, if, if US is giving me only half a percent and India is giving me 8%, then I'll keep my money in India. It's, things are not as simple as that because inflation plays a role. But net logically, if you think about it, the interest rates act as a lever for money to come into the economy also. So this monetary and fiscal policy is, I think we've explained it well in a very simple sense, but there's many, many levers within those within the within those two brackets if you may also also just in case if you're curious enough to to ask that uh, or have this question you know how important is economic policy or understanding of economy policies if you're stock picking there are two different schools of thought there are macro uh, macro investors who go top down which means they want to get a full picture of the economy and then take a directional call on the economy then they go into business analysis which is which is starting with economy and then going down into sectors and then the companies. But there are many security analysts who, who directly begin bottom up. They look at the company, all right, and if it's in the right industry, and then the economy. And, and many of the people I follow who I really admire and look up to, like, like Saurabh Mukherjee of uh, Masterless PMS in India or many others, or even Warren Buffet for that matter, they are business analysts first. They don't pay much attention to what's going to happen to the economy. They are very cognizant of what's happening. They're knowledgeable about what's happening. They understand what's happening, but they are stock picking decisions or portfolio building decisions do not have much to do with the economy. It's got first primary, the, the, the dominant role is played by the business. If the business is good, available at a, a fair valuation and a good management running it. So, so two different key. schools of thought over here. Right, Jen? Yes. I mean, I absolutely agree. So generally, you, you, you take a mix of the, of the two, at least I do. So when I analyze stocks, it, it's, it's uh, we as a team, we begin with bottom-up ideas. So ideas we genuinely actually like. Um, and then it's got like a top-down overlay uh, where you don't want to put your eggs in one basket in one country. So kind of having that element of diversification helps. But absolutely, to Manisha's point, you have top-down managers, you have bottom-up managers, people who come from yeah. those two, uh, two schools of thought. Absolutely. And, and just to end this, this uh, session, one more word that many of you will land up, you, will land up hearing is called austerity. And you might be thinking that if America has all these tools, why is the same kind of effect not seen in Europe? Because Americans follow a Keynesian policy, which means the government playing an active role in, 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 in boosting the economy when needed. Whereas, whereas in Europe, there's austerity measures, which basically means reduce spending, increase tax so that you can cut off the debt. America has only been increasing its debt. Whereas if you look at Europe, the whole agenda is they don't want to increase the debt. They want to cut the debt, cut the debt. For cutting the debt, you've got to cut the spending on the economy and you've got to increase the taxes wherever. That's why European economy is not as vibrant as American economy is because there's a very different school of thought, Keynesian versus austerity. 
and and which is also very interesting how a particular school of thought captures the imagination of policy makers of a whole continent correct it's, it's very interesting to read and understand absolutely absolutely so guys that's 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 it jay i guess we've covered covered the basics of of tools that the government has at its disposal and why does it need to play a role i am sure if anyone is curious enough feel free to drop us a message and we can share with you resources that we use to to record this podcast just in case one of the resources jay i would highly recommend to our readers is something called pragmatic capitalism there's a book all right uh, phenomenal book on economy if economics if you want to understand and he runs a blog called pragcap.com i highly recommend if economics really appeals to you this is one place you got to you got to start your uh, rabbit hole if you intend to you know visit the rabbit hole regarding economics manish there's a there was a ray dalio video also i think it's called the economic ray dalio machine video, yeah 30 minutes th- how how the inflation how the how the economic machine works how, yeah, how so the economic machine that's, works that's that's a phenomenal phenomenal video yeah. highly recommend it uh in fact even through my cfa there were times where uh s- sometimes that the 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 link just became a little too when you ask when you keep asking yourself too many questions you go into like a you you wonder really how it works and then somebody recommended the economic machine to me and it, it, it it's it's a phenomenal video. it's a phenomenal video and, and he minutes. made it purely to he made it purely to educate everyone to to understand yeah. how the world works yeah so highly recommend ray dalio's economic machine if you guys get a chance it's just half an hour and it's brilliantly done super so guys that's it from us we have we have changed the format of the podcast we are going to we are going to limit it to 30 minutes scripts sessions due to due to the attention spans getting shorter over a period of time there's a lot of attention competition for attention so so i'm i'm sure jay people will be happy to hear that we've reduced the size of the <laughs> podcast yeah i mean 30 minutes is also you know we think is 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 the right amount of time we don't lose attention span you know as if should the video be longer that makes sense but yeah absolutely absolutely super guys that's it from us wishing you a fantastic day ahead and catch up with you in a week's time take care guys have a smashing day man bye